Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. A little different episode. I got uh, contacted by Shui, a journalism student at Boston University, and I, I'm a former professor, so I enjoy uh, talking to students. So we got into a conversation that went uh, different directions than I thought. Thanks, sponsors, Top Spinini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Suggs & Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Thanks, Shui, for your interesting take on the industry and trying to get a handle on it, and thanks for asking me to participate. Here it is. I'm currently a grad student at BU. I also work as a reporter with a podcasting company, and I've just been doing some research around the story around baseball, baseball memorabilia. And I'm originally from India, and I only moved here in the past two years. And I'm in Boston, so obviously baseball is huge. And it's been a great introduction, but I did want to get a little bit more context of America's favorite pastimes. The problem with baseball, the, the beauty and the problem is both the fact that baseball never needed to be marketed. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. it needs to be marketed in a crowded space. And they're not as good at the marketing as these mm-hmm. other sports that have come on very strong. And so when I was a young boy, it just was expected. There wasn't really a lot of baseball on TV or anything, but it was what people were talking about. It was what was in the sports page of the newspaper, which people don't do newspapers anymore. So the way that baseball can get the attention of the American public and the world public needs to be more overt. It mm-hmm. needs to be more active and not passive. Right. And so that's been the criticism of baseball, that they've been a little bit too passive to mm-hmm. just say, hey, we are this great game. We're America's right. pastime. So you should go to the games, watch the games, love the game. And, and mm-hmm. many people do. They're not failing. It's just right. that there's a feeling that the other sports have made great strides and ground. Mm-hmm. So good for them. <laughs> Absolutely. I think one of the things I noticed with baseball is the sense of nostalgia around it as well. And maybe that's where the card collecting and the memorabilia aspect of it fits into place. Would you say that nostalgia is... It's nostalgia and nostalgia in advance because Mm -hmm. people have their memories of these great players from when they were younger that they'd heard about and all the statistics that are in the sport of milestones and things like that. But the nostalgia in advance is interesting when these newer players that are in their 20s right now, brand new players, and they're being compared to the all-time greats. And it's always been a sport and a hobby of optimism. And so they're they're hoping that 50 years from now, these players right now will be nostalgically Mm -hmm. collect. Those would be the good old days. I feel like as sport gets younger as well, this is projection onto them. Well, you need both. Yeah. You need to be aware the, the legacy of mm-hmm. the sport for many decades. And then these new players are carrying on in that regard. Yeah. And, and that's why it's the fathers of the mothers teaching yeah. the children, boys and mm-hmm. girls. It's probably 90% plus males, but there's more and more women, it seems, each year and girls that are interested. Absolutely. I feel like. That's the best part about it. <laughs> well, it's, it's very um, inclusive. It's one of my missions in life is to make it more accessible, more in, intelligible. Uh, people can figure it out because yep. if it's mm-hmm. too complicated, and it is complicated, but if it's too yep. complicated, then people throw up their hands and they say, I just could never understand it. So I'm going to do something else that I can wrap my arms around. Yes, absolutely. One of the sports that I love and a big fan of is Formula One. 
And I feel like they've done a great job in introducing the sport through Netflix series and marketing it to make it like huge. That's a marketing organization. Every square inch of the car and the driver's yeah. <laughs> suit is got advertising on it. So everybody's pulling together to increase those impressions. And, and just mm -hmm. recently, really in the last year, Formula One cards have really taken off. I didn't even know that Formula yeah, One no, cards just, existed. That it might be, have been the hottest category in the last 12 months. Okay. That is very interesting to know, Jim. But I did want to come back to your point of how certain sports have embraced technology. And I was scrolling on Twitter today and I saw almost every sport has a sponsor from NFTs or from crypto and things like that. And I feel like memorabilia also slowly evolved into these tiny digital images on your laptop called NFTs. As how you've seen that evolution, are they the same? Do you think the physical, tangible baseball memorabilia world is still thriving in life? I'm of the generation that thinks they're not the same, but of the yeah. younger generation, they don't always bring their physical cards with them to show their mm -hmm. friends, but mm -hmm. they always have their phone. And they're basically showing a picture of a picture. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's a picture of a card or a picture of a NFT that mm -hmm. they have on their mobile device. So that I think I'm of the old generation, old guard. But all the leagues, all the players, everybody is interested in NFTs because other than building the infrastructure, it's zero cost of goods sold. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just a digital yeah. Oh, yeah. copy of something. Mm -hmm. It's not the something, it's the digital copy of something. And you can make more copies. Mm -hmm. Again, it's be authorized and they're numbered and blockchain, chain of custody, yeah. all that stuff. So there's some safeguards there, but who wouldn't want to sell something that costs nothing mm -hmm. to produce? It's the original alchemy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But tell me a little bit more about the Old guard. Jim, how, what's your favorite part about collecting? What's kept you in it for so long? I think, what's your favorite memory associated with it from all of these years? <laughs> it's like having children. You can't have a favorite child. It's just <laughs> the one you're with. But basically, the situation in the, with the hobby is there's a search. There's a quest yeah. for something. And it could be something what you're looking for or you don't know what you're looking for. So many of the things that when I've gone to some of these big shows and search around, I'll see something I've never seen before. I didn't know that I'd never seen it till I saw it. And I thought, and then I could say, decide, do I want to buy it? Or I guess you could take a picture of it or you could mm -hmm. just pass it by. But uh, I think at this point, it's hard to buy everything because things are so expensive. But collectors like to go on a quest, I think. If you're really a mm -hmm. collector, if you're an investor, you're just trying to buy low and sell high. Or more recently, it's buy high and sell higher. Mm -hmm. That's yep. really what they've done. They want to find something that's hot and assume that we're going to be in a bull market for a little bit longer and then be able to sell for more. And that's worked mostly mm -hmm. for the last few years, mm -hmm. surprisingly through COVID. Yep. Yeah. I'm very surprised by that. Uh, yeah. I was curious how the whole process uh, works, Jim, day to day. Do most of these transactions take place online? Or I, I see baseball stores around. Is that still a thing where you go in and pick up a card? I think the physical connection with another collector is always important, right. but I think it's tipped to where most of the sales in our industry are through digital platforms. Mm -hmm. There's sales on Facebook and yep. Instagram, and eBay is probably the largest uh, retailer, if you could call them a retailer, 
mm-hmm, uh, but mm-hmm. providing that service. Right. So I, I think it's considerably more than half. But this other less than half is still very necessary because they right. add to the glue of why people come back. So mm-hmm. uh, most people I know do some blend. They'll have their favorite sites they visit online, and then they'll have certain shows, card shows or card shops that they would go to because there's a lot of fellowship uh, involved mm-hmm. of just wanting to be around your tribe, mm-hmm. your clan, your your group. Yep. <laughs> yes, I was doing a little bit of research into baseball cards and or just cards, the whole industry, baseball memorabilia, the news over the past few years. I did notice a lot of forgery and fraud that comes with this. I feel like if you do a lot of the sales online, physically you have a little bit more chance to inspect it, I guess. Uh, I was curious how much is fraud part of it and you just have to be careful or how, how much does that kind of be? You don't have to be careful if it's uh, something that's not very expensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if it is yep. expensive, yeah. you need to be careful. It's uh, There's a very small chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's still very, they're isolated occurrences, but they get a lot of publicity. If you yep. find out something yep. has been counterfeited mm-hmm. or switched out in, in some way that's, and, and in many cases, it's fraud. I think when people do bad things, they should be punished and they should Mm -hmm. not just make restitution. There's beyond that. I can't say, I'm sorry, here's your money back. No, if you tried to defraud me, there should be a further, especially when they did it intentionally. If it's Mm -hmm. unknowing, hey, I sold you this card. I didn't realize it was not real. So Mm -hmm. the other thing people like is in a broad sense, it's gambling. But I think Mm -hmm. the uncertainty of buying a box of cards or participating Mm -hmm. in a break and Mm -hmm. not knowing what you're going to get, it's the thrill, not just of the chase, but the thrill of, I don't know what I'm going to get. It's the old Easter egg hunts. You don't Mm -hmm. know what you're going to get inside when you open it up. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. when we had COVID and people stayed inside, they still had this desire to, again, I don't think this is your major but to gamify their life and so that that sounds like gambling but it's really gamifying it Mm -hmm. that they want to do something where there's some uncertainty where they Mm -hmm. can enjoy that uncertainty and if they open up a pack of cards they might get something good they might not but they Mm -hmm. enjoy that so it's gambling but I, i look at it more benign that it's gamifying it again they're not professional gamblers they're not in any kind of organized crime gambler they're, mm-hmm, they're, mm-hmm. But they like the, the uncertainty of maybe I'll get something great and maybe I won't. And they, the other thing yeah. that's been really interesting is that it's wired, just like Las Vegas or any place where you go gambling, that most people lose. Mm-hmm. But there's a few big winners mm-hmm. that yep. encourage the others, like the state lot. Mm-hmm. Most people, in fact, lose big. You right. expect mm-hmm. the expectation of 50 cents of the dollars taken off the top to, to provide for schools or something goes for a good cause. So one person's going to get rich and the other 999 are going to lose. But people have that eternal optimism. And Mm -hmm. I think collectors are optimists. Yep. Mm -hmm. I I don't know that it's gambling, except in the benign sense, as I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I think it's a gamifying of our culture, that this uncertainty. And unfortunately, everybody thinks they have an edge. Yep. When they don't, they don't understand. <laughs> My field is statistics. If you uh, gamble against somebody three times in a row and you lose each time, what is mm-hmm. likely to happen the fourth time? You're probably going to lose again. Yeah. <laughs> because, but they think, oh, I'm overdue now. Okay. Yeah. But that's not the way yeah. stati- the, the trials are either independent 
Mm -hmm. in which case, yeah, you still have a 50-50 chance or the same chance. But trials are not always independent. And they're, right. and the odds are not well understood by both parties. And mm -hmm. so that's not to put a sour note on it. But yep. again, you just can't think well, I'm overdue because you're not overdue. What's in the pack is in the pack. It doesn't know right. whether you've had disappointment before or you've had a bad day. You pay your money. You take your chances. The expectation in a mathematical sense is negative, but there's mm -hmm. enough people that have a positive experience that brag about it, flex about yep. it, crow about it, put it all. You don't go on your social media and talk about how much money you lost when you're gambling. You mm -hmm. only talk about the time that you really won. And same thing with yep. cards. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can have a huge winner. Life-changing winners for some. As you said, I think those are the ones making the headlines all the time. So it's just easy to get caught up in that. And it's also, I think, very intrinsically, almost like an American dream to have that thing of, I'm going to get it the next time. Is so. it is distinctly American or, or even uh, is it first world? I don't know. I think that you have a situation. Most people would love to better themselves, their situation, or, or make a better situation for their kids. But... As we've said, the analogy to lottery tickets, that's not yeah. the way. Many cultures are better about saving and not oh, yeah. saving cards, but saving mm -hmm. money. Yeah. Because uh, I hope America hasn't fully exported a consumer culture to the rest of the world. Because <laughs> there's excess <laughs> consumerism. And so then you have cards, which are consumable, but are collectible. Yep. And so yep. you think well, that doesn't count. Mm -hmm. I'm investing in cards. Yeah. And that's most people, if they're investing in cards, it ought to be after they have a savings account that allows for them to be out of work for some period of time. Mm -hmm. And then they have some traditional investments that are more, yep. they might be more boring, but they, mm -hmm. they would still be more, more liquid if there's a problem. Yeah. I feel like that's the pragmatic outlook. But I remember when I first came here, the first place, Costco. I was shocked. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that before, but yeah. I think that just goes back to America. And everything but, uh, is a deal in Costco. It's, it is. It's also so big. Why do people want yeah. such big things? Well, I just that, want one packet of chips, which is small. <laughs> no, you can't do that. What they do is everything is half price at Costco, yeah. but everything is twice the quantity that you want or need. And so you wind up paying the same amount. You just have excess product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 